This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, this this has a story. And we're going to get to that in a few minutes because this is a symbol and a very powerful symbol. It represents government. Or as I like to give the acronym, BBOB. But we'll get to that in a few minutes. Of course, this is the show where you come for the accent. And if you're watching on YouTube, which I highly recommend you to do, uh, look up Freedom's Disciples, subscribe. You get to see the hot bod, ladies, because this is what it's all about in the, in the Freedom's Disciple hoodie. I hope you're having a beautiful and blessed week. And today, I want to talk to you about something different. Because I want to lay the groundwork about something, a few things that's happening in my life right now that this explains. I know it's not the most aesthetically pleasing background, but there's a story for it, and I've left it up for a reason. Because it represents government. So what's been going on? I don't want to talk to you about George Floyd. I don't want to talk to you about all the protests and all. Let's just get rid of all the statues. We'll get to that in a bit. I want to talk to you about just life. I want to talk to you about some things I've learned this week, or some things that, not that I've learned per se, but that have been re, you know, I've re-remembered them. They just, you know, they're in the back part of your brain and you haven't thought about them in a while. So last week, uh, I don't know how much of this I shared, but last week I lost my job. And there was a bit of an inside track, which I don't think I shared with you, but I was hoping to get a new job. And I was highly recommended for a job. And I thought, I did the interview and I did, I don't think I said this when I went on the air. But I pretty much got told, look, you're the favorite for it. So much so that the, the rep that was getting a promotion recommended me. So I was quietly confident. Well, I was a bit nervous, but I was quietly confident I was going to get it and I wouldn't be out of work very long. Well, if you follow me on social media, long story short, I got stabbed in the back by someone who has never met me, but apparently has a gripe against me for whatever reason. And it could be because of who I am, because of what I represent, because of what I speak about, because I speak my mind. Or it could be some other reason. Maybe he just doesn't like me. Maybe maybe he's a fattest. Maybe he just doesn't like people over a certain weight limit. I don't know. But I got upset. And I'll tell you why I got upset. Because I want to share three little principles this week that are happening in my life this week that are very representative of what's happening in America. And I think we can all learn something from them. If you are a follower of me long term, I'm not a possessions kind of guy. You know, I have the most expensive thing and the coolest thing I own is a brand new iPad Pro. Because I use it for my job and for what I do with you guys. But that's it. You know, I don't have a car. I don't have a cell phone. don't have fancy gadgets. I'm not that type of person. The one thing I am extremely protective of is my reputation. Because that's what I believe all is all what we have. All is what I have. Because at the end of the day, you know, when I die, my car goes, my phone goes, my house goes, my money goes, my shares go, my gold goes. Whatever you have, it's all gone. At the end of the day, all that boils down is what people thought of you and what your reputation was. And I've always built a reputation, whether it's in America with what I do here or in Ireland, has, has been good, has been honest, has been decent, has been hardworking, has been helpful. So anytime anyone threatens my reputation, I get very, you know, very defensive about it because I'm like, this is all that's really important to me. And I try my best to, you know, put forward and be the best person that I can. However... Over my lifetime, I've realized that your reputation is really hard to protect. Because all it takes today is one little thing that you've done wrong, and your reputation's gone. The reputation that I had in my industry in Ireland is very good. There's not a fault with it. Yet, despite all the managers saying, hey, John's a good guy, John's reliable, John's never out sick, John never makes mistakes, John always, if he makes mistakes, will fix them quickly, has great relationships in store. All that counted for nothing. One person, one whisper, one accusation, guilty. Does this remind you of anything that's going on right now? But let's park that just, just aside for one minute. We're going to come back to reputation in a minute. So what's this? Well, I'm a good son. I do my best to, you know, it's a commandment, you know, honor thy father and mother, and you help them out. So my mother, if you've watched some prior videos or seen some pictures, in our house in Ireland, there used to be ceiling tiles. You see, if you watched last week's video, you'd see them. They're big, I think it's like maybe a foot by a foot square. These are a fire hazard. 
if your house went up on fire, the house is just going to go bang. Really bad things to have. Back in the 70s and 80s in Ireland, these were really popular. Why? Because they were insulation. And they were really popular along among houses. And for about 15, 20 years, my mother is like, I need to get these gone. Need to get rid of them. Need to get rid of them. And for different reasons, time, money, effort, because it's not an easy job. It's a really hard job. Hasn't happened. Guess what? I'm out of work. I get screwed in the back. My mother goes, ha, brilliant. I have money. You have time. Get at it. So this started as a small job. What started as removing ceiling tiles from two rooms downstairs, the hall, and three bedrooms upstairs, has turned into this. Which is what I like to call BBOB. Government. In case you're wondering, what's BBOB, John? Big, bloated, over budget. Because this has turned into just removing some ceiling tiles to basically removing everything. This is just pure concrete behind me. I know there's a few different shades. There's a small bit of paper. This whole wall, this whole house is getting plastered. Who's painting it? This started as ceiling tiles has gone on to different parts of the house getting renovated, getting gutted, to basically me adding on to it going, hmm, maybe we should get a studio because I'm going to be doing a lot more videos going forward. I need to do a lot more talking about freedom. Videos is a good way to talk to you guys. Let me get a new studio. Big government and over, big bloated and over budget. But one of the things I realized this week is I was really angry on Monday. Because I got so, so annoyed at what was done to me. What really annoyed me was the fact that the person, yet again, hadn't got the balls to look me in the eye. You know, it's one thing for a man to stand face to face to you and go, I'm going to screw you. But to have someone stab you in the back and just run off, not own up to it. So I was really annoyed. And I got to be honest, when I was taking those ceiling tilings down, when I was taking that wallpaper down, when I was gutting this house, I was taking a lot of frustrations out. And I realized something. Does anyone appreciate hard work anymore? Like, I don't mean hard work, because everyone who works hard in their own different fields. I mean back-breaking 12, 14-hour days, where your shoulders are sore, where your hands, I don't know if you can see them well, have cuts, have welts, have just, just aching. Do we actually ingrain this in our future anymore? Is anyone actually willing to, you know, do... Obviously, intellectual hard work is very hard. You know, it's reading, you know, certain parts of, you know, the Bible or your history. It does tax your brain. Thinking about different ideologies taxes the brain. But I mean back-breaking hard work. Do we appreciate that anymore? Let's put that point just for one side for one second. Another part of this job was when we started doing all these stuff. We started tearing all the tiles down. We started tearing all the, the, the wall coverings down. Then we started looking at the wardrobes that were built in 20 years ago. You know, the rooms look very small with these wardrobes. You know what we'll do? We'll take them out. And as I was taking out these wardrobes, these were pristine 20 years ago. Top of the range. Jeez, I sound like Donald Trump there. Oh, these are pristine. Top of the range, baby. But as I was taking them apart... I learned, I saw another lesson. I saw a lot of time, a lot of effort. And in one of the sections, I actually counted, roughly. In one of the sections that I took apart, it had at least 100 tacks and about 200 screws. Because it had joints. It had to be stuck together at the top, at the bottom, had paneling at the back, had shelves. And because those shelves needed weight, there was lots of screws to support it at different point parts. Ever who made this cabinet, there was a lot of time, a lot of even, you know, head skill, you know, smarts went into this. You know, exactly what does it have to be? It has to be level. It has, you know, it has the shelf has to go here and here and here. A lot of time, a lot of effort. All the manpower that went into it. Then to get it set up into my room. So it's exactly from the bottom of the floor to the ceiling and it's perfect and there's no gaps. A lot of skill. And then John decides he wants rid of it. And what does John use? Does John use 200 screws? No. Nope. Does John use 100 tacks? No. Nope. 
Does John need to get a piece of paper and write down measurements and kind of go, well, what does this have to fit into here? Does John have to do any of that? No. John got a hammer and just good old-fashioned muscles and just destroyed the thing. Just destroyed it. Now, I want you to take the principles of those three stories and I want to equate them to what is happening in our, our world and your country right now. So what is happening in your country and what's happening around the world? But I want to specifically focus on what's happening in America. Because America is unique in the way you're set up, in your constitution, and your founding documents. But I want to start with those three principles that I just shared with you. Those three stories from my personal life. But I want to use them in reverse order. So I want you to think about breaking that cabinet. Whether you like America in 2020 or not is irrelevant. Whether you think America is the greatest country that's ever lived, or whether you're one of those people who just think, oh, America sucks. Doesn't matter. A lot of work has gone into America over the last 400 years. A lot of hard work has gone into America. Again, you may like the work, you may dislike the work. But you have this chart of history. You know, let me give you some of the big dates in your history that you know about. You have 1620, you have 1776, you have 1787, you have 1791, you have 1865, you have 1965, and you have 2020. America's journey has ebbed and flowed in many different directions. Some good times, some bad times, some eh, because we all have those situations, whether you're an individual or your country. You know, whether you're you've just left the problem, you've just solved one. Whether you're just in that transition period where you're like, wow, things are okay right now, but I know there's another problem coming. Or you're in a problem right now where you're going, how the hell am I going to get out of this? That's where you are right now. You're in a situation, like the rest of the world, in a problem of how are we going to solve this? And when are the voices of reason going to come? But one of the things I realized is it takes so much hard work to build. Look at what happened in your history. Look at what happened in the Constitutional Convention. You know, I know I'm, and I'm guilty of this as well. Of, you know, when you're talking about the founding era where we just sort of gloss over how, you know, it's 1776, baby. And, you know, you all declared your independence and, you, you know, you signed that wonderful document. And we just went off to war and you won and just the Constitution came poof. And in the Bill of Rights, just poof. It took 11 years to get from the Declaration of Independence to the Constitution. And then four years to get from the Constitution to the Bill of Rights. Four years. Let's just put that into context. If Donald Trump happened, his election was the Constitutional Convention, you still haven't signed the Bill of Rights yet. That's a long time, even in today's standards. But back then, it's a very, very long time. But your journey has ebbed and flowed. You're trying to build this country. And whether you're a Democrat or whether you're a Republican, you do have different visions. But what do you see today? Do you see a vision for America? Do you see a vision for America from anyone that talks about America, not the country, but the ideals? What does America represent? What values do you represent? And talking about deep, meaningful principles. Where do you see that today? What vision is for your country? Where is the person like Martin Luther King, if you want to talk about race relations, that's going out there saying, you know, what we need to do is not build something. Or sorry, it's not to tear something down. It's not like Malcolm X to get whitey, but to build something. To build on the promises that your founding fathers made. What promises are we building on your founding fathers' promises from 1776? What promises are we building on today? Are we just eroding them bit by bit by bit by bit by bit? Who is the person that's talking about going to the moon? 
That's Elon Musk if you want to have someone today, if you want to equate someone. But those visionary ideas that don't believe in government, but believe in the ingenuity of individualism, the, the creativity and the innovation of man. Where are those people today? Where are the people fighting for freedoms, but fighting for them in the most humblest of terms? Because this, yet again, is another thing your founding fathers understood. They understood, just like I did when I was tearing that cabinet apart, it's so easy to tear something down. In some ways, it was easy even to tear down the Berlin Wall. So easy just to tear it down. How about building something? Your founders knew this because in your Declaration of Independence, not once, but twice, they spoke about your responsibilities. I know that's not a nice word in today's world. Everyone wants to talk about your rights. Oh, my rights, my rights, ooh. What about your responsibilities? Oh, I don't have any responsibilities. That's, that's someone else's job. That's government's job. Well, you have responsibilities. Because they spoke about when it's, it's necessary and necessary to abolish your government, but you need to institute new guards. Not once, but twice. And that's a short document. It's not like the Bible where they just mentioned it twice. No, they mentioned it twice in one short document. But what are we building today? Are we just seeking to tear everyone down and everything down? This is where I want to talk to you about what's happening in America and around the world. Right now we're going through this phase yet again of this modern day book burning. And yet we don't burn books anymore, but what we do is we tear statues down. Because apparently, you know, pieces of metal, tearing them down, it just makes us feel so good. Yeah, we get them. We got them, man. We tore that statue down. We need to keep those statues. And in case anyone goes, oh, there you go, you're defending racism, and oh, you're defending slaveholders. Let me make this about someone who I despise. In certain parts in this world, there are statues to people like Vladimir Lenin. I think Vladimir Lenin, if you don't know anything about history, bad dude. You know the way we say Hitler bad? Yeah, well, Lenin isn't far off. And maybe sometimes it might be even worse. That, he's, he's on that level. There's statues of him. If, the, if, if all the right, the freedom-loving people are going, we can't have this statue, we're going to tear it down, I'd be saying the exact same thing. Why? Because we need to remember our past. We need to remember it and ensure the bad parts never happen again. Never happen again. We need to have these as shrines to go, hey, you know what? Communism, bad, bad idea. Lenin, bad idea. Let's never go down that path. If we start removing statues from our society, Society might forget our past because, let's be honest, we don't read history anymore. We don't study history anymore. We don't teach history anymore. So guess what? We might doom, be doomed to make the same mistake over and over again. But what is this situation that we find ourselves in that we think racism is really bad? There, I can't... I, I'm sorry... You know, I'm very open-minded about a lot of things. And, you you know, you guys come to me and, you know, are you wrong about socialism? You know, are you giving it a bit of a bad rep? Are you, you know, talking about, you know, different things? You know, are you wrong on the free market? I'm open-minded. You know, John, maybe tariffs do work. I disagree, but I'm open-minded to have that conversation. When it comes to racism, very closed-minded. I think you're an idiot. Need to be crystal clear about this. Racism, not good. But yes, what is it that we want to achieve going forward? Is it Do we want to achieve racial harmony? Where we actually get to a point in our life and in our world where we go, you know what? Racism is bad. If you judge someone by the contents, not of the content of the character, but the color of their skin, you're an idiot. But if those are people who do judge it, kind of going, oh, they're different to me. Oh, they, they just look different. They talk differently. They sound differently. Let's say you have that person in mind. And it's not hated. It's just they don't understand. They grew up in a different culture. They grew up in a different time. It's not hatred. It's just like they, they're different to me. How do you break those barriers down? Do we have discussions? Or are we told, no, no, you can't talk like that? Because some of the suggestions I'm hearing right now are not talking about racial harmony. They're talking about racial shame. They're talking 
about segregation, even though they don't know it. And segregation is a part of American history that you've had before. What is the answer? What is the answer? Because there's this term going around, which has been going around for so long, white privilege. What does white privilege look like? Because, gee, I'd like to meet it. What does white privilege? Explain to me how I'm privileged because I'm white. You see, what we can have is this discussion, which is so common in politics, in our world, in our families, at the dinner table, in our churches. We can have conversations where we can have discussions and seek to close the barrier between us. Or we can just go, no, you're different to me, you're wrong. We can have those discussions where we build bridges or we just put up walls. Which do you want to do? You see, I want to build bridges. Because I want to build bridges because that is the policy that worked. That is the policy that has led to the greatest advancement in human history for the last forever. That has led to us living in a world which I know a lot of people want to say sucks. Oh, America sucks. The world sucks. Everyone is so bad. But look at the advancements we have made. And America has made over the last 5, 10, 50 years. Is America's history pure? Is it amazing? No. Is it brilliant? I think it is, but is it just always perfect? Are you like a perfect A student? Never fails a test. No. You've failed many tests. You've had many, many dark days in your country's history. Many dark days. And in fact, in some ways, I can actually talk to my my black brothers and sisters. I wouldn't dare talk to you about racism. Because I'm very fortunate I've never had that experience. But I've read American history, where the Irish were right beside the blacks. Where if you go to parts in New York, there used to be signs in shops. No blacks, no paddies. How do we discuss this? Do we still live in that world? No. Is it perfect? No. Have we got work to do? Hell yes, we do. But we'll come back to that in a few minutes because I want to offer you some solutions. Because on this issue, last week I spoke to you about missing the greatest opportunity to at least reach out to black people. Today I'm going to give you another opportunity to reach out to them. And it's a slam dunk. Story number two, linking back to our world. Hard work. How many people want to do hard work today? Of any description? Or do we just like phoning it in? If there's the hard road and there's the easy road, guess what? I'm choosing the easy road. How many people are actually willing to not just look in a short period of time, but I mean a long period of time of hard work? You think your country was formed without hard work? You read any part of your history, there is so much hard work there. There is so much unbelievable strife and pain and suffering in that in your history. There is so much frustration. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of pillaging. There's a lot of pain. Family's been broken up. Whether it's in the Civil War, whether it's in the Revolution, whether it's prior to the Revolution. There's a lot of pain and suffering. This is not unique to America. This happens in every country around the world. But what Who is willing to make the hard work today? Who is willing to actually just not look at the short term? Not just look, hey, you know, what's happening in 2020? Who's getting elected and who's not? No, let's not look at 2020. Let's not look at 2022. I'm actually talking about longer term work. Where it actually takes painstaking, frustrating work where you kind of have to feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall. We are laying the foundations for something more meaningful. We've spoken about this a lot on this show, that when you read your history, it's quite an audacious statement for Thomas Jefferson to make. But today it's just cast off, it rolls off the tongue, just just rhymes. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We just all, it just comes off the tongue so easy, doesn't it? But if you think of back in 1776, that's quite an arrogant statement, that's quite an audacious statement. Because I would ask you to think about 2020. What do you find self-evident today? What rights are self-evident? We can't even agree on the way of government. We can't even agree on the constitution. The left can't even agree on what the left is. And the right can't agree what the right is. Even though those terms are, you know, useless. But let's just play the game. What are self-evident truths today? 
Do we think about the hard work that that led to that story? Led to Thomas Jefferson writing those words? All the hard work of church sermons? Where priests and pastors stood up every Saturday and Sunday and preached the gospel? And there were times and times it was going in and it kind of go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then Monday they would do something wrong and you got to go, oh, let's do it again. But also, where would we be without hard work and frustration? I'd like to ask you to think of anyone who has had a kid or was a kid, which is pretty much everyone here. But I want you to think of a young kid. And a young kid just learning to walk. How many times does that kid fall? Many times does that kid, you know, fall and stumble on his butt or her butt? Is there a certain point where you just go, oh, you know what? You've tried so long, kid. You know, look at the amount of times you fall and stumble. This is just too hard. It's so, just such hard work to teach you to walk. You know what? You don't need to walk for life. You're good. You do something else. Use your brain. I'll teach you to talk. You can, I'll, I'll teach you every language under the sun. But you don't need to walk. You're fine. Can you imagine that as a parent? Can you imagine a parent just, just giving up those responsibilities? No, a parent has to go through the hard work. A parent has to go, okay, no, it's okay. You fell. If you cry, you know, you wipe their tears, you comfort them, you console them, you give them a big hug. Mind you, in coronavirus world, you're not allowed to give people hugs and go to jail for that. But you actually have a system where you have to pick them up and kind of go, it's okay, you'll get it next time. And guess what? Next time they fall on their butt again. You got to pick them up and wipe their tears off and say, let's go again. Keep going. If you've been through those times as a parent, you know it's hard work. I don't because I'm just guessing. I'm guessing it's not a fun time. But how much do we want to actually work for our future? Or do we just want to vote or someone in? Oh, look, it's too much hard work. I'll vote for so-and-so. I'll get them in the White House. I'll get them in the Senate. I'll get them in the House and let, let them take care of it. Are we willing to actually go, you know what? Bucks on me. That when I point my finger at, hey, I'm electing you. I'm electing you to uh, fix the problems. That there's three fingers pointing back at me. But we'll come back to that again in a minute. Reputation. What is America's reputation? What is America built on? What is the character of America? America is about an idea. America is about a set of principles. A set of principles that believes in limited government. A set of principles that believes in individual accountability. America's reputation is doing the right thing and letting people yearn to be free and not crippling them. That's America's reputation. Has America always lived up to these goals? No, you've had some really dark days. Again, specifically if you want to talk about racism. But there's a common theme if you look at true America's history of bad things happening to people of color and to people of minorities. And I'm going to give you the message to reach out to them in the next segment. But your reputation. It's so easy to tear America down today. It's so easy. America sucks. And trust me, I get people who tell me all the time. In fact, I get people who tell me all the time going, what's America ever done for you? And you're such a defender. What has America ever done for you? It's so easy to tear America down. How about we start actually making solutions? How about we start actually reaching across the aisle and start offering solutions? And when I say reach across the aisle, I don't mean politically. I don't mean to the politicians. I don't mean to the media. I have no interest. If you want to have conversations with Democratic politicians, all power to you. If you want to have conversations with Republican politicians, (laughs) I wish you well, my son. (laughs) Go have fun. I wish you the best of luck. And, I, and I'm not only that, I've been genuine. I know that sounds sarcastic. I genuinely hope you make progress. I genuinely hope that you get somewhere and that you don't bang your head against a brick wall. I also have no interest in conversations with media. When I say reach across the aisle, I mean to your brothers and sisters. I mean to people in your community, in your area, who you can actually have a meaningful, lasting conversation with. And actually talk to you about America's values. Because there's a reason I finish this show the way I do every day. America is great because Americans are good. Because so often when we think of countries, 
we think and judge them on their politicians. Do you know how many times people come to me and go, oh, America sucks. Why? Trump. You're judging a country of 300 million people on one man. Whether you like him or not. How, how does that make sense? How does that make sense? Imagine, imagine the hire, imagine the Blaze hired. Imagine the Blaze hired, I'm trying to think of the worst person. Hillary Clinton. No, <laughs> that wouldn't happen. <laughs> Actually, that would be funny. Um, I'm trying to think of the worst person. Chris Cuomo. Imagine the Blaze hired Chris Cuomo. Now, if this happened, I'd be going to go, what the hell is going on? But imagine everyone else stayed. The lineup was still the same, but we had Chris Cuomo. He was the anchor for the 7 o'clock news show on The Blaze. Would it be honor- Would it be honorable to say The Blaze sucks? But if you like me, or you like Glenn, or you like Pat, or you like Stu, or you like Rab- Rabbi Lappin, or whoever who it is you like on The Blaze, does your opinion of them change because Blaze hired someone else? Now, that's a small company. Now, think of judging a country on 330 million people or 325 million people, on who the president is. The reason that America is different is because you're not based on your politics. You're a great country, many times in spite of your government, in spite of who's in the White House. America's reputation shouldn't change because it's George Bush in the White House, because it's Barack Obama in the White House, or it's Donald Trump in the White House. The opinion of America should be unique, and this is something we need to start sharing with more and more people. That America is an idea. It is an idea that is rooted in the principles of nature's law and nature's God. This is not left or right or top or bottom or black or white or rich or poor. It is based in principles. Have you always lived up to those principles? No. But guess what? Again, unless you're Jesus Christ or God, you're not perfect. And this idea that you can have an assembling of men and women or or even those people who are questioning or transitioning or whatever you are, because we're all inclusive on this show, you whatever you are, you are, I, I'm not going to hate you. There are two genders, but I'm not hating on you. I will treat you with respect. But no matter what you are, you're an American. And Americans have rights. And that that is the beauty of it. Because all men are created equal. And endowed by their creator. Whether that's God, whether that's Allah, whether that's a Buddha, whether that's a rock, whether that's a, I don't know, rock people. Whatever it is, you're endowed by your creator with certain unalienable rights. I have them, you have them, and everyone else has them. That's America's reputation. Could you imagine if you want to start building something for tomorrow? If you want to do politics, I'm not disparaging people. People always go, well, you're you're just because you're not political, John. Politics has a role. Absolutely. It has a role. I, I encourage anyone, if you will, run for office. In fact, I have a few people who watch the show run for office. And some have won and some have lost. The, the different counts, uh, town councilships. And I can't remember one of their titles. It's funny. I, I'm not calling her her title. But we all have different roles. If you want to be very political and you want to get the right people in office, go for it. If you want to have the right Senate or the right House person, go for it. Whether that's in the Libertarian Party, whether it's in the Freedom Caucus, whether it's in the Republican Party, I'm not disparaging you. This show just, just has no time for it. Because that's not my role. My role is not to tell you who to vote for. My role is to clearly define why I as an Irishman love your country, why I defend your country, and why I believe your country, your country's reputation, your country, com- country's character is critical. And why right now, with all the chaos going on around us, that your values are always needed. But they are needed now more than ever. Because when I come back, I'm going to talk to you about the message that I would deliver if I got the opportunity to anyone, anyone who is quote-unquote a minority or a different race or a different background or anyone that's not doesn't have white privilege. So before I deliver that message, just to let you know what's happening with the show going forward. As you know, I started last week launching on YouTube. With The Blaze, I am limited in that I can only do one show a week. 
that goes out on Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. It's free. It's on every platform. I ask you to subscribe and, and leave a rating and review on iTunes if you can. On YouTube, I'm unlimited. I can go as long as I want for, you know, as often as I want. And I'm going to be doing a lot more videos going forward. But starting this week, I would ask you, if you want to listen to the podcast, you'll get 45 minutes worth. But there's, all, there's going to be an added bonus section each week on YouTube. And it's going to go a bit deeper and it's going to delve a bit more with spirituality. So I'd ask you to subscribe to that. Uh, and we released a short clip of the, on the, during the week on YouTube. But there's going to be extra content there. And I'd ask you to subscribe just so you even just to help out the channel. So what would be my message to any one of minorities? And I'm going to make this about America. I've seen so many movements and so many things happen this week that I think are just, I don't like calling ideas dumb, but some ideas this week have just been incredibly dumb. Tearing down the police. Tearing down different statues. There's been a movement, and it started to infiltrate America, where we're tearing down comedians who've worn blackface in the past. On the comedy front, I know it's not a popular opinion in some circles, because you get called all different types of words. For me, I'm a freedom of speech guy. That's the way I am always. But when it comes to comedy, there should be nothing off topic. If you don't like certain things, then don't watch that comedian. I love people like Ricky Gervais. Hitler, Ricky Gervais jokes about Adolf Hitler. If we're going to joke about the Holocaust, I pretty much think everything's up, up for grabs. Now, obviously, it has to be tasteful. And it can't be, hey, you know, clearly a racist making racist comments or anti-Semitic. Absolutely. But if you want to stop people doing it, don't go to their shows. Or if you don't like certain parts of the show, fast forward. But we don't get to silence people. Here's my message. Especially for people of color. Look through the history of America. And look at all the grievances you've had. And if you boil everything down to a core, it all has one common theme. Government. Now ask yourself which question, one question. Which party, historically, is the party of government? And which party has been the party of freedom? Now I know this isn't exactly the case in 2020. But you want to make the arguments for your feel reaching out to people? The argument is freedom. The argument is limited government. The argument is that all men are created equal. It doesn't matter what race you are, whether you're black, white, Hispanic. You could be the color of the rainbow. You still have rights. That you have rights from your creator. You have a right to free speech. You have a right to equal protection under the law. You have a right to present a defense against for yourself. You have a right to face your accuser. You have a right to protect yourself. You have a right to privacy in your papers and your persons. You have all these rights. They're no different from me or you. That is the argument, in a nutshell, to win. All those of my friends on the right are just so obsessed with the word winning right now. What better argument is there? For those situations like that, the shooting or the, the murder in Minnesota. That's not about the police. That's about one bad cop. You get justice for that. The same way as if it was me or you or anyone else. What is the answer? What society do you want to build? You see, I want to build a society which is more fair, which is more equitable, but is based on the rule of law, not on mob justice, not on, hey, we don't like you. Or you have white privilege, you don't get to have an opinion. Good luck telling me that. I'll be the first one to defend your right to have an opinion. But it works both ways. I love all these people who stand there going, you need to sit down, shut up, and it's time to listen. Yeah, it's t I agree there needs to be less talking by everyone. And we all need to listen more. You know, there's an old saying where I grew up. You have two, two ears, one mouth. You should use them in that proportion. We all need to be better listeners. But what we need to mostly have, again, and this is where I go off the rails and start talking to you about Jesus. We all need to have an open heart. We need to actually come forward with an open heart 
and an open mind. To actually have dialogue. And to have an understanding that we'll have a respectful conversation. I'll listen to you, you listen to me. But we have to have the framework, the foundation of that we can prepare, we're both prepared to leave that conversation knowing that we may not change either, either either of our opinions. That we may walk into that conversation and walk out of that conversation without anything changing. And that's okay. Because let me give you an analogy. All this situ- all this stuff I'm doing in the house, all this gutting in the house that we're doing, this is America in another analogy. In America today. We just simply took the stuff that wasn't working, that was old, that was outdated, that needed replacing, that needed refreshing, that needed updating, that needed repairing, and we're doing it. But the foundation and the core of the house is still intact. The foundation is untouched. The outside walls of this house are untouched. It's the inside we're updating. What do you want to do with America? Is there are so many people in America and around the world who simply just look at a problem, and it is a legit problem, and just go, tear it all down. Burn it all down to the ground. Why? If you have a foundation, and again, especially in America, a foundation that is built on limited government, that is built on the rule of law, that is built on the supreme law, which is the Constitution of the United States, because if you read through, this, this again is for our, our, our black brothers and for sisters, and if you understand American history, there has been many bad decisions that have been upheld by man, which have violated the, the Supreme Court, which have violated the Constitution. You look through the rulings of Dred Scott, of Brown versus Board of Education, of Plessy versus Ferguson, of Roe versus Wade. What's the common theme there? Government was wrong. And it violated the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. What is the answer? Do you want to blow the whole house down and start to build afresh? Or do you just want to go, you know what? Let's build on that foundation. That that foundation of limited government and freedom is a foundation we can all agree on. Because if you listen, and again, I don't mean the political activists and all the people on CNN and MSNBC spouting off their talking points. I'm talking about the average person in the street. All they want is freedom. They see a system which they, whether you agree with it or not, see a system as corrupt, as against them, as biased. How do you respond to that? You respond to that by talking principles. You respond to that by saying, guess what, brother, justice is colorblind. You get the same treatment, equal protection under the law. There's a reason why liberty liberty is blindfolded. Because it shouldn't matter what color you are. It shouldn't matter, hey, you're white, you're innocent, or you're black, you're guilty. It doesn't matter. Justice is colorblind. That the facts will fall where they may. The chips will fall where they may. And they will rule on either case. Because what you have right now is a situation. And I don't know if you watched the testimony this week. What was really frustrating, and again, the media... I wish you guys understood how much the media play you guys. And I don't mean, oh, you're so dumb, the media play. I just mean, they just play it like a fiddle. The media just want hits. If you saw any of the news coverage this week, I guess you know who testified on Capitol Hill. Mr. Floyd's brother. That got all the news. Oh, he's on, te- he's on Capitol Hill testifying. There was another lady who testified that day as well. Testified on as the bro, as the sister of a murdered black man. That got no news. That not got no coverage because it wasn't cool. It wasn't hip. Why? I thought all black lives matter, right? No, that black man happened to be a policeman. We can tear everything down. We can make it about all the fluff, or we can start having meaningful conversations based around principles. And if you want to win, and I don't mean win an election, I don't mean win in 2020, I mean long-term win. And actually start building a future where racism doesn't exist. We need to start having dialogue. We need to start having conversations. And we need to start having 
the courage and the balls to call out bad ideas. It was a bad idea put forward by someone this week. And I know I'm going to get called, oh, you're a racist. Oh, what? The white man? Oh, the big white man's going to tell a black person what's a good idea and a bad idea? Well, when people put bad ideas, your race doesn't matter. It's a really bad idea. And I'm going to tell you why it's a bad idea. This idea where, you know, we're just going to get whitey by not shopping in the shops. We're just going to shop in black people-owned shops. As a free market person, first answer. I support your right. I don't have to care where you shop. You, in a, as a person who believes in free markets, you can shop wherever you want. You can give your dollars to wherever you want to. That's your right. Just because it's your right doesn't mean it's a good idea. Do you really want segregation? How do you think this ends? Do you want to live in a world where we just give dollars to people who politically agree with us or who have the same opinion as us? So what should we all separate then? Well, you know what? If you're gonna, if you're only gonna give people business to people of color, well then, you know what? I'm gonna only give to people who are free market people, or I'm only gonna give people who are support Donald Trump, or I'm only gonna give to people who support Joe Biden. How does that end? I said this last week, and I'm gonna start saying it a lot more, and we're gonna be doing an in-depth show about this going forward because I think people need a refresher. That ends in France and the French Revolution. Where all you are is balkanized into tribes. Where our side is better than your side. And you're the problem. And when you decide that, guess what happens? We just have to get you. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. That doesn't come into it. It's just you're the problem with the world. We just need rid of you. And in France, that ended with the guillotine. Is that a world you want to start charting a course to? Is that a world where you're heading towards right now and you're going, yeah, I'm okay with that? Or do you think it's time we started having, you know, big boy conversations and big girl conversations and say, no, 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 that's not a good idea. Let's not go down that road. Let's not balkanize on race. Let's not balkanize on religion. Let's not balkanize on gender. How about we start coming together? And I'll say this in a religious term, and I'll also say this in American terms. That is a religious term. We're all one body, one church. We're all one under God. But if you want it in an American term, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. And you want to know the last thing I'd say about to a person of a color or a minority? We need to start talking about the fundamental principles of pursuit of happiness. That it doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter what religion you are, you have one opportunity in life. Make of it what you will. Pursue your dream. Give it everything you have. And don't let anybody stop you. These are conversations we need to start having with white people, with black people, with Hispanic people, whatever people. Gay people, straight people, Republican people, Democratic people, Libertarian people. We need to start building this coalition based not around sides, not around balkanization, not around uh, principles of politics, but around principles of ideas. Because you are blessed. You are unique in the situation that you face many problems. Ireland faces many problems. England faces many problems. Europe faces many problems. But you are the one country that has a set of principles enshrined in the Constitution, enshrined in your founding documents, and you have the practical experience that they work. That they work. They have the track record. And you just need to follow them. You just need to... Dust off that constitution. Dust off that declaration of independence. Dust off those powerful words words, and be inspired by them. But not only be inspired by them, but to share that inspiration. To share it with as many people as you can. Because it is an aspirational document. The same way going to the moon was an aspirational statement. We can solve these problems. To those who are thinking, oh, the world is over right now. Really? Look at everything you have overcome. Are times so tough right now? Are times so tough? This obstacle is so tough. It's so much tougher 
than communism in the Cold War in the 80s? Is this so much worse than Nazism in the 40s? And fascism? Is this so much worse than World War I? Is this so much worse than fighting the Hessians, the Redcoats, the English in 1776? Is this battle so insurmountable that all of those battles that you have won, you can't do this one? Maybe it is up here. But if the old-fashioned American, they roll up their sleeves and they say, I'm an American and I'm willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice, you will do it. But it's not blinded loyalty. It's not just, yeah, we'll do it. If you follow those principles, if you understand that the left are playing you, the right are playing you, and you judge them, and you say, let us follow the principles that work. Let us find a George Washington. Let us find a Ben Franklin. Let us find a Thomas Jefferson. Let us find a Thomas Paine. And yes, all of those are men, and all of those made mistakes. Yes, I know Jefferson was a slaveholder, but read his own words. Yes, I know Thomas Paine was wrong about the French Revolution, but read some of his words. Read James Madison and understand that they are flawed men. But they made some great impact in our world. Read the words of Churchill and understand that yes, they're flawed. Yes, they're sinners. But you know what? Just because I'm flawed and you're flawed doesn't mean that we're doomed to never do anything good. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. We can build a brighter and better tomorrow. But it will take hard work. It will take putting our reputations on the line. And it will require us to pledge our lives, our fortunes and our sacred honour. Until next week, to all my Blaze audience... Have a beautiful and blessed week. We salute your firefighters, your vets, your emergency personnel, your police. That's in a very rad order. But we salute you, the American people. Never, ever forget, America is great because Americans are good. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.